Good morning. I almost said good afternoon. Excuse me, I'll give you my back. This is heavy. Okay. All right, Christian cardio right there. Awesome. Welcome to Avalon Church. For those of you who don't know me, you might be here for the first time or might be the first time in a, in a long time. My name is William, and I serve our awesome God as the Spanish pastor, uh, which we, um, we meet here every Sunday at 1.15. So um, if you did not get the notes uh, today, you're more than welcome to come at 1.15. Uh, they will be in Spanish, uh, but it will, be a, it will be a learning experience, I'm sure. All right. Oh, my goodness. Look at this. I got it all technological and all that stuff. All right, so today, oh, my goodness, when I, in my time with God this week um, and, and prior when uh, Pastor Jim informed me that I would be um, sharing the word, and let me just add, it is a, a privilege to get up this early to, um, <laughs> to share the word with you. It really is. Uh, see the church family and see all those smiling faces. And just so you know, I am from New York, and I am Latino. So, yes, thank you, Yankees fans. All right. We're not going to mention the Mets. Sorry, Domingo. Um, so, uh, you know, if I tend to speak a little bit faster, um, I haven't had coffee yet. So, um, just so you know. So, I'm going to ask everybody to please just open your Bibles or turn them on to Psalm 55. Psalm 55. We are in the middle of a, of our, um, of a study called Different Seasons for Different Reasons to Worship. And uh, God brought this... Um, uh, series to the hearts of your pastors because we are right now in a different season for Avalon Church. Uh, pastor Jim mentioned the fact that we're in a, a, a senior pastor search, and it's a different season. Some of you might not have experienced that, and it could be a little, well, fearful. So God put in my, in my heart uh, today to speak about uh, fear, which itself <laughs> it could be a little scary because he has a tendency of making me go through things um, prior to, to the teaching, so that way I can explain it from, from my heart. So um, that's why you never catch me uh, preaching about death. <laughs> Eternal life, all the way. So definitely today it's uh, fear, and uh, we're going to be talking about that. But first of all, let's go in the order that God sent us, and it's to pray. So I'm going to ask everybody to please close your eyes. Surrender those hearts to, to God. Heavenly Father, we, we love you. We praise your holy name. We know that you brought us here today, this morning, for a reason. We were invited. We think that we may have to come just to serve or to, to commit. It's a promise. Some of us were, were probably dragged out of here. But Heavenly Father, we know that you have a purpose for everything. And you have a purpose for every single person in this room. Your word says that you have the plans, the perfect plans for us. So this morning, we'll surrender our hearts and trust you. And I personally humbly ask that every person leaves here differently than where they come in. And all those in agreement, say amen. amen. So a while ago, in my time with, with God, he put in my, in my heart this particular subject. And, we, as, and when Pastor Jim said, we're going to be doing a study about the Psalms, I'm like, oh, perfect. I have the perfect one. God gave me the perfect one. 
God's timing is just perfect. It really is. He never comes too late, never comes too early. He comes right at the perfect timing. Most of you can attest to that. And fear, we all go through it. Whether we admit it or not, we all go through some sort of fear. Some of us more often than others. Some even pay to experience. And, um, and we're told to shake it off. We need to overcome our fears. We need to face them. In verse 4 and 5 in Psalms 55, and I'm re- going to be reading out of the NIV, it says, and if you don't have your Bible, you can uh, read it right off the screens. My heart is in anguish within me. The terrors of death have fallen on me. Fear and trembling have beset me. Horror has overwhelmed me. The author of this uh, psalm, it's David. We all know, we have heard, we have read, we have studied David. David is a person that was not perfect, but yet he always seeked God. He made mistakes. Yes, he did. But he was very quick to admit them, to admit the mistakes and run to God. In here, he is explaining a type of, he's in a season. He is explaining some sort of fear. He, the way he's explaining, he says that is debilitating him, consuming him. He says in anguish, in anguish. Most likely, that fear does not allow him to think or, of anything else except for that which is causing him the fear. Does anybody, can anybody relate? Right? We, we get to a position sometimes that we're like frozen in our steps, like a deer in headlights. And I'm referring more to just watching a scary movie, you know, that spine-tingling sensation. You don't want to look back because you think that El Cuco's back there. <laughs> or how about you just miss curfew and your mom is coming to you with a chancleta. That's a weapon of mass destruction, I'll tell you right now, if you don't know it. <laughs> and curiously, I um, wanted to explain about fear and to be a bit more natural. And so I did a research. I went into the internet and Googled this. And there was a list of fears that, that caused people to, par- to, to become paralyzed and to freeze up. And they're known as phobias. And see if you can relate to, to some of them. I don't know how to pronounce this, but I'm going to try my best. Half a phobia. Can anybody know? try to guess what half a phobia means? No takers. Okay, good. It's the fear of being touched. There's people out there who are fear of being touched. And I'm talking about more than so than germophobia, which is the fear of germs. It's just some people that are very uncomfortable and they have a fear of being touched. Next one. Glossophobia. It is the fear of public speaking. I was a victim of that, believe it or not. I was terrified at the fact that I had to speak in front of two, three people. And by God's mercy, look at me today. God is good. And all the time. Amen. How about this one? Chorophobia. It's the fear of clowns. (laughs) Clowns. Anybody? Yeah, there you go. A couple of months ago, there was clowns popping all over the place. I grabbed my bat. I'm like, come on. (laughs) Bring it. How about this one? Phobophobia. 
the fear of phobias. Imagine that. Do you have this? You're done. <laughs> Acrophobia. The fear of heights. I am a victim, I should say, of that. I'm like, really, Pastor, you? But you're so tall. <laughs> yes. My wife would not let me lie. And she's like, oh, let's go to the Orlando Eye. I'm like, <laughs> no, not today. <laughs> God said it's not in my, in my day today, no. Arachnophobia. Oh, everybody knows about because the movie back in the 80s, right? Yeah. Arachnophobia is the fear of spiders. I also don't, sh don't like that one. When I was younger, I grew up in Ecuador, South America, and my uncles loved to go hunting. I tell this story all the time. My wife is like, oh, no, here it comes. <laughs> we were in the Amazon, the jungle, and we were uh, maybe about four or five feet from each other holding a rifle. The rifle was bigger than I was. And I'm walking, and all of a sudden, I, I feel over here, and I thought, it, you know, I wait, and I thought it was my uncle, you know, saying, hey, slow down or whatnot. I turn around, and I see this very hairy little, <laughs> it wasn't even little. I'm trying not to say, you know, big, but it was huge, okay? <laughs> to me, it was. My uncle came, took out his belt, scooped it down, I heard. And I'm thinking, that's it, spiders for me, no good. <laughs> Waiter, check please. See, one thing, folks, is that fears are funny when they're not yours. When you have them, not so funny. So in our time today, we're gonna, we need to talk about them because right now in this room, there are many fears. Among men, women, young people. Some may be the same, but some are very different. And it's very curious to me that in the Bible, God's word, the phrase, do not fear and don't be afraid, appears 365 times. As though God knew <laughs> that us, people, will need a reminder every day of the year that we need not to be afraid. Do not fear. We read that phrase in Isaiah. It was told to Gideon, Mary, to the disciples in more than one occasion, and countless others. But one of my favorite books, besides the other 65, you know, got to say that, is the book of Joshua. Joshua, to me, is an inspiration. He is a, a, a leader, what a leader should be. And in the first chapter, go ahead, turn to, to Joshua 1, first chapter. But before we read it, I want you to understand something. And you need to understand something. Sometimes God will take us to a place, a season, or a time that we see as a difficult, that we see challenging. God will take us to such a place in such a time. So starting in, the, in verse 6, in Joshua 1, verse 6, it starts by saying, Be strong and courageous, because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their ancestors to give them. Continue saying, be strong and courageous. And it's curious that he says it twice. God is saying to Joshua twice, God, knowing his heart, was understanding that there was a little bit of fear there. There was a little bit of fear. Joshua here, we find him that he's mourning Moses' death. His teacher, his mentor, 
the leader with a great mission. And now he has inherited Moses' job and all the benefits. Yes, I'm talking about the people that at times could be a bit stubborn and seriously outnumber him. The people of Israel. Church family, let me ask you this question. Have you ever been in a situation and thought that you bit more than you could chew? Right? Should I take this new job? Should I move to the new city? Should I quit my job and open my own business? Be right married, the right one. Some of the ladies are like. Should I go on this mission trip? Should I serve God in the vacation Bible camp? Some of them are very terrifying, I'll tell you that much. Joshua has been given the responsibility to lead Israel to the promised land. Something Moses did not do. But in order to do this, he will have to lead the people of Israel, generations of slaves, into battles. Plural, battles, not just one. Against fearful armies. Conquer cities. Conquer a city that was protected by a huge wall. Most will think it was a difficult and impossible task. But you know, when God is with you, nothing is impossible. Amen? See, one thing that the Bible teaches me is that difficult situations reveal where we put our faith and trust. Back in the early 90s, and I know I'm aging myself, there was a very popular song that indicated that the singer who wrote it was losing his religion. Some of you might remember that. He kept on saying that he was losing his faith. Difficult situation made him lose his faith. And that now that I hear that, I'm thinking that difficult situations or challenges making you lose your faith, allow me to be honest here. If a difficult situation is making you lose your faith, you never had it. You never had faith. Those challenges... Those difficult seasons are a uh, thermometer that allows you to measure your spiritual temperature. If the situation gets hot, do you bail? Do you want to run? Even pray for death? Back to Psalm 55. We're going to read from verse 6 to 11. And he says there, I said, oh, that I had the wings of a dove. I will fly away and will be at rest. I will flee far away and stay in the desert. I will hurry to my place of shelter far from the tempest and the storm. David is feeling such a strong feeling of fear that he wants to do what? Run away. Fly away. And go to a desert. Now, I don't know if you have been in a desert lately. It's hot. There's no shade. There might not be any water. So how bad is your situation right now that you want to go to a place that's even harder to survive? But see, sometimes fear makes us make decisions without us thinking. We just want to get away. We just wanted to run away. And this is a tough situation to be in. So tough that we must start questioning or even blaming God. Why is this happening? Why are you allowing this to happen? I mean, sure, when everything is going our way, God is good. Yes, everything is good. Hallelujah. But in those times when, when things are not so good, mm, God, God must, not, must not like me. 
What did I do? Why me? Oh, I know. He changed. I hear that a lot. Oh, well, God is not the same that, you know, that part of the Red Sea. See, that, the, the people of Israel, that miracle happened for them. That was their miracle. Your miracle might be just getting that diagnosis from the doctor saying the tests are negative. That's your parting of the Red Sea. Oh, I don't have any chance of getting that job because I'm, I'm underqualified. And then they call you and they offer you a job and with a higher income than what you were expecting it. That is your Red Sea. God still does miracles. There's still power in the, in the blood of Jesus. Can I get an amen? amen? See, God does not fluctuate. He is the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. He doesn't fluctuate like we do. But he will put you in situations so you can see how you're doing. Are they uncomfortable? Oh, yes, they are. Remember when I told you that God makes me go through things so that way I can preach a little bit better? He put in my heart that I have to go read Job again. God, Job, really? Can I just jump to, like, Song of Songs? <laughs> Folks, I'm putting that... I'm taking you to a place to feel uncomfortable because it is natural. It is okay to feel that way. However, it's not okay to stay that way. Am I, am I making myself clear? It is okay for you to feel that way, but it's not okay for you to stay that way. God did not intend us to stay with a spirit of fear, says in James. One of the fears that I had Back when I started, some of you might know this, that I started as a children's minister. And one of the fears was that I didn't know enough about the Bible. So God put me in that position so that way I can learn the Bible so I can teach it to kids. And it was the greatest time I ever had. I'm asking you, when is the last time you served in the children's ministry? Vacation Bible study camp is coming up in a couple of weeks. Less than, less than two weeks. And Pastor Jim sent an email saying that we need adult volunteers. Oh, but it's uncomfortable. But it's only four hours, one day. One day can make a difference to a child. One day can make a whole difference to you. So I prayfully ask you to consider serving in VBS. It is uncomfortable. It is uncomfortable. Serving with children, it's not easy. If you have kids, if you have teenagers... Yes, I totally understand. But they're, they're, they're your future and they're the future of the church. And you're serving God through them. Fourth of July festival. And I'm giving you examples. Not to impress you, but to impress upon you the need to face our fears. The church had two tents. Pastor Jim was out there so diligent making cotton candy until 9 p.m. Totally uncomfortable. I don't know how he did it. But his line was so long. It was a sticky situation for him. <laughs> Some of you got that good. Talk about uncomfortable. But during that time, those four hours we were there, look at this. We gave out 126 children's books, 92 devotional books for adults, nine New Testaments, and we pray for nine families. Talk about uncomfortable. There was a lady, I'm not sure if she's here today, but if you're watching to social media, you know who you are. She was very uncomfortable. She was nervous. She was always shaking. 
But she said, you know what? God told me to be here to serve. So we prayed with her. We prayed over her. By the end of the night, she was a professional. She was inviting people not only to the church, to her house. I'm like, whoa, slow down there. <laughs> and guess what? One of those families did come to church the following week. One person, four hours, made a huge difference. Every Monday, there is a group that heads to downtown Orlando to feed the homeless. Uncomfortable situations. Sometimes it rains. Well, not sometimes. Orlando, I mean, Florida, it rains like after 3 o'clock. You know, it's just, it happens. But they still go over there and feed the homeless. And I asked Mauricio and Jennifer, who had that, I said, you know, how many people do you think you feed every time you're there? And he told me, oh, roughly about 100. Okay, and how long have you been doing it? For a year. So that's 52 weeks in a year? So you do the math. 52 times 100, that's 5,200 people that they have fed. Church family, you are part of that impact that is making a difference in downtown Orlando. One day, four hours makes a huge difference in people's lives. 5,200 people fed and reached with the word of God. That's a huge difference. So what's stopping us? What, what is our debilitating fear? Is it complacency? We're too comfortable where we are? That is a subject for another teaching. Is it fear? Is fear stopping you? Fear of not knowing what to say, fear of being uncomfortable, fear of getting wet. I'm sure there's a phobia for that. But church family, fear, it's nothing bad, but, and I know some of you have the, uh, your, your notes. There's an acronym there. You know me. I'm, I'm full of acronyms. Go ahead and write this down. Fear stands for false evidence appearing real. I learned that in the children's ministry. I was corrected by Ms. Emma Gar. She goes, Pastor, you should say fake evidence appearing real. Hey, she's paying attention. Glory to God for that. <laughs> fear is nothing that false evidence appearing real. See, we tend to believe what we see right in front of us without seeing that there is someone beyond us. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. There's no false in that statement. We're focusing on the false instead of focusing on the truth. We believe that we have no hope. When we read, when we read that hope himself walks among us. He promised to be with us to the end of time. He is right with us. Right now, right here, he is here. So you better behave. Pay attention. Maybe you tend to believe that we are weak, unqualified. We're no match that we walk along. When it's written in Joshua, in verse 9, going back to the book of Joshua, verse 9, it says, Have I not commanded you to be strong and courageous? Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. See, God doesn't make mistakes. He doesn't make promises that he cannot keep. He promised that he was going to be with us wherever we go. We tend to forget. How am I doing with time? Okay, good. I want to quickly take you to a time, a season, where there's a great difficulty. 
that most of us can relate to. Let's go to the book of Matthew, the gospel according to, to Matthew, chapter 8. And we're going to read four verses. So Matthew chapter 8, verse 23 to 27. And he says right there, Then he got into a boat, and his disciples followed him. Suddenly a furious storm came on the lake, so that the waves swept over the boat. But Jesus was sleeping. The disciples went and woke him, saying, Lord, save us. We're going to drown. He replied, You are little faith. Why are you so afraid? Then he got up and rebuked the winds and the waves, and he was completely calm. They were so amazed. What kind of man is this that even the winds and the waves obey him? Let's analyze this a little bit more. The disciples and Jesus are on a boat. Jesus is there with them. They had just come from a day of, of working. They were healing. Prior to that, if we read prior to that, even, even Peter's mother-in-law got healed. Work right there. So he's taking a nap. He's resting. And if, if most of us are like when we're napping, resting, and the kids come yelling at us, how uncomfortable is that? Not too, not too comfortable, right? So they come to him yelling and shouting, we're going to drown. How many times have we felt that during our storms we're going to drown? That it's hard to keep us above water. How many have felt that we're going to drown in our storms? Our storms are so huge that we're going to drown in them. There's no way out. We need to see light at the end of the tunnel, but yet we don't see it. The disciples are on a boat. The storm is coming, and Jesus is right there. If Jesus gets on a boat with you, wherever you're going to go, you're going to get there. Jesus is with you. It's not like Jesus was sleeping. Oh, is this a storm? Oh, wow, I didn't see this coming. He knows everything. So the disciples forgot who was with them. This is the man who's been healing, who's, who the, the man who's doing great works, great miracles. He is right there, and they still plead for help. So he answers with that question. Why are you so afraid, you of little faith? See, Jesus is with us in our storms. Jesus is there during our storms. Jesus is there, and he takes us out of our storms. A lot of times, he carries us out of our storms. But the disciples were like, okay, come on, we got to wake him up. We got to make him, we need to, for God to rise. See, many people, many churches are waiting for God to rise. When it is God that he's waiting for his church to rise. Where is our faith? He constantly reminds us, do not fear, do not be afraid. And why are we not listening? He said he will be with us until the end of time. Where are we depositing our faith? Are we focusing in the size of your storm when you should be focusing in the size of our God? God still does miracles. Many of us can attest to that. Many of us here are alive by miracles. He has carried you through that season. He will take Avalon Church through this storm, through this season. He always has. This church was born in, in his heart a long time ago, before any of us got here. Why? Because God has a plan for this church. God has a plan for this church to be in this community. God has a plan for this church to be in this community at this time. 
There is a reason for it. How many understand that in order to get to, we need to go through? In order for the disciples to get to the other side, they had to go through that storm. In order for you to go to that place where God has planned for you, he has destined for you, we need to go through our storms. We need to go through our process. We need to go through our learning. We don't do so alone. Emmanuel is with us. And the definition of Emmanuel is God with us. He is right there. All you have to do is pay attention. Listen. Look for him. Just like the disciples did, they realized that he was in the boat. So they went to look for him. In the psalm that we're reading, back to Psalm 55, verses 12 to 14, discloses the reason why David was feeling this fear and trembling. And he says, if an enemy were insulting me, I, would, I could endure it. If a foe were rising against me, I could hide it. But it's you, a man like myself, my companion, my close friend, with whom I enjoy sweet fellowship at the house of God. As we walk through among our, the worshipers. David just was recently betrayed. The Bible doesn't say who he was. But obviously, it was strong enough. It bothered him to the point that he was feeling this fear. And he wrote it down. He wanted to run away, wanted to, to fly away, he says, to go live in the desert. Church family, we cannot allow fear to take control over us. God did not give us the spirit of fear. He gave us the Holy Spirit. So that way you can walk strong, courageous, with confidence, knowing that there is an all-knowing God, an almighty God, whose nothing is impossible. All your storms are nothing compared to his power. We're facing the unknown. That is a fear. That's another one, xenophobia. That's for you. But when you feel that, you must do what the disciples did. They went straight to Jesus. We need to go to, go to God. My strongest battles have been won when I kneel down. Not when I fight. Because most of the time, and the Bible tells me that it's not my fight, it is God's fight. I love what Jennifer says, oh, we're going to go on a mission trip. I don't know how we're going to do this, but if it's God's will, it's God's bill. Awesome. See, that that's, indicates where you're depositing your fear. Not, you, you're not depositing your, your trust in your bank account. You're depositing you, your, your trust in the one who owns all the banks. God owns everything. So what did it David do in verse 16 and 19, he says this, as for me, I call to God. Right there, very simple. And the Lord saves me. So not only is he telling you what he did, but he also telling you what the outcome will be when you go to God. You go to him and he says, he will save you. He will save you. Evening, morning, and noon, I cried out in, in distress. That's our drowning in our, that, that, that symbolizing the drowning. Oh, we can't stop thinking about this one thing that's causing us fear. It says, I cry out in distress. And what does he say there? He hears my voice. And we know that if God hears our voice, 
that what we ask shall be given unto us. The Bible said so. He rescues me unharmed from the battle wage against me, even though many oppose me. No matter how big your problem may seem, we serve an almighty God that's bigger than all your problems put together. If you believe it, say amen. amen. And if you praise God for that, give him a, a praise of a palms to him. And I'm going to close with this. Church family. I know some of you say, oh, pastor, I love the last time you said, you know, you needed a checkup from the neck up. I didn't think it was going to hit it up, but okay, fine. I challenge you this week. I challenge you this week to go back and either listen to this word, go back to the, the um, Psalm 55 and what we have read and see what is your fear. Ask God to, to reveal it to you. Some of us fear us even fear of success. We're afraid of, of something happening that is going to be great. And then what? Seven, 16 years ago, 17 years ago, I had total fear of moving out of New York. Leaving a six-figure job to come to Orlando, a city that I didn't know anybody except for Mickey Mouse. <laughs> I didn't know anybody. And then coming to serve as a pastor in a Spanish church, that just seems to me amazing. God knew what he was doing. And he still does. So I trust in him. Have there been times that they've been very difficult? Oh, my goodness, yes. We have gone through unemployment. We have gone through the point that we opened the refrigerator and all I see is cobwebs. Even the roaches are moving out. We have gone to the times that my knees have been so scraped and so rough from all the praying that we have done. But you know what? God is faithful. He has never let us down. He honors his servants. He honors his servants. And it's because of God's mercy. It is because of God's mercy that I can stand up here and testify that God is real. God loves you, and he doesn't want you to be feeling fearful. He wants you to be joyous. He wants you to get to know him. And I'm not talking about just knowing who God is. I'm talking about knowing who really God is. Because it's one thing to know the Bible. Another thing is to live the Bible. You can know the Bible. The enemy knows the Bible pretty well as well. But we need, we need to have that communion with God. So that way, when that storm comes, those waves get higher. You start being pushed around. You start getting to the point that I cannot see light. I'm going to drown. That all you have to do is just raise a hand and say, God, help me. And don't be surprised when right there, you don't even finish the sentence. You feel the arm pull you up and says, I'm here. I am here. He wants you to deposit your fear in him. So once again, do you place your faith? Do you deposit your faith in the size of your problems? Or do you believe and trust a God that is bigger than all your problems? Psalm 121. Now I'm going to read it real quickly. He says, I lift my eyes to the mountains. Where does my help come from? 
My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. He will not let your foot slip. He, he who watches over you will not slumber. Indeed, he who watches over Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord watches over you. You are in his eyesight. You cannot hide. I tried. I have gone into caves. He finds me. He has taken me out. I have gotten into, into mazes in my life. He finds me. He takes me out. I just shut off the light. I'm in darkness. He is the light. He finds me. Because there's a purpose. All of you today are here because of that purpose. It is a part of a bigger plan. If so, if you're searching, if you're searching for what God's will is, you will find it here. If you're searching for what God's plan is, get on your knees and ask for him. He says that when you pray, he will reveal to you his mysteries. He will reveal to you his plans that he has for you. Trust him. Look for him. He keeps saying that the Lord is your shade at your right hand. The sun will not harm you by day, nor the moon by night. So there's no time that he said, you know, I'm off the clock. He will work overtime just for you. He already has. The Lord will keep you from all harm. He says, all harm. Oh, this problem? No, 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 no. You don't understand. God is bigger than that problem. Oh, yeah, but I've never seen this, this financial mess that I'm in situation. God owns this, all the silver and gold. Oh, but uh, this healing, God heals. I can attest, I, I can share testimonies of people that say, you know what? They, they, they uh, diagnosed my baby with AIDS. A baby with AIDS. Not HIV, AIDS. And we all got together and we prayed, we fasted, we prayed, we fasted, we fasted some more. Weeks later, um, we can't find the AIDS in this baby. This baby's healed. If you're going to clap, give it to him high because that is for God. That baby girl's already graduated from high school and heading into college. All for God's glory. The Lord will keep you from all harm, but he will watch over your life. The Lord will watch over your coming and going, both now and forevermore. Church family, if that doesn't excite you, if that doesn't get you up and going in the morning, were you feeling a little, oh, I'm a little depressed because it's Monday and I got to go back to work? Thank God that you can get up from bed and have a job to go to. Because there's a lot of people right now who cannot even get up from bed and definitely not going to go to a job. But you know what? God is good. God is faithful. He will give you that job. And you will get to the point that you was, I don't know how I got this job. I do. Where does my help come from? It comes from the author of maker of heaven and earth. I'm going to invite you all to stand. We're going to pray. And we're going to join this fine group of musicians. Nick, you did a fantastic job. Those, those songs, I mean... They touch me and they confirm the message. Thank you for that. Thank you for letting God uh, uh, use you. Each and every single one of you. Thank you. Kenny, you know my heart's more special to you, but it's okay. We'll talk about that later. Some of you are here for the first time. 
welcome. Some of you are here for the first time in some time. Welcome. You are here today because God wanted you to be here today. So don't think about what am I going to eat after this. Think of that moment right now, right here. Some of you may be in some of those storms. It's okay to be fearful. However, it's not okay to stay fearful. God did not give you the spirit of fear. That is a lie from the enemy. God give you the, the, the spirit to be strong and courageous. So if you want to be strong and courageous, you need to know Jesus. Know Jesus, no peace. Know Jesus, no peace. Some of you may, I, 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 I don't know exactly where you are when you walk with Christ. Maybe you know of him, but you need to know him. So I'm going to invite you this, this morning that if you don't know Jesus, that, that this be the day, the time to get to know him. Ask him. Go wake him up and say, Jesus, I realize I need you. I realize that you're the son of God. I want change in my life. I don't want to feel this fear anymore. Show me what you have. And don't be surprised when he does. And he will change that fear for joy. Let's go and pray. Heavenly Father, we love you. We praise your holy name. Thank you for this, for this morning. Thank you also for this afternoon at 1.15. Thank you for this message. But Heavenly Father, we ask that this message doesn't stay within these four walls. That we take this message in our heart and we apply it and we share it with all those out there that need to hear this. They need to hear the good news because there are good news. There is hope. As long as there's Jesus, there's hope. And if you don't know Jesus, I ask that you ask him personally right now to enter your heart we ask this in the holiest of names in the name of Jesus now the altar is going to be open if you need to come forward please do so don't be fearful it's not like oh what they're going to say you know what I'm going to say I'm going to go up to you and I'm going to pray with you and over you it will be an honor to pray with you so if you're feeling brave, courageous, strong, now is the time. If you're feeling fearful, you should be running up here. God is waiting for you to hug you. He's waiting for you to say, welcome. 